Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Rebel Dane. Statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. Hello, Miles Fitzner with you. This is the best of breeding bloodstock and banter, of course, with Gareth Hall and Guy Mulcaster, both away. I've slid into the chair and I've picked the best of our interviews, breeding and, uh, of course, sales-wise throughout the week. First of all, I caught up with the doyen, the king of racing, John Massara, after they had Miracles of Love run second in the JJ Atkins. And, of course, that had Totsu standard Arrowfield stud. But a real treat off the top. A real treat off the top for Giddy Up. We've gone straight to the top. One of the kings of the industry. I speak of John Massara from Arrowfield Stud after the announcement of her top two yesterday. He joins me on the line. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. Uh, John, exciting news. Hatotsu, uh, he'll stand the upcoming season at Arrowfield. And I, I want to, well, I must say, I thought a very generous fee of, um, of 22000 I mean, he's sure to attract a few mares at that price. Yes, we've already had quite a lot of uh, interest in him on, on the first day yesterday after the announcement. So uh, I think we've probably pitched it at the right price. And uh, look, he's an exciting horse. He's the son of uh, Morris, uh, who we stand, and who's already full for the coming year. And uh, he's at a big discount to Morris. Of course, he's unproven at this point, uh, Hitotsu. But an uh, outstanding animal, you know, triple group one winner, um, He's done things that other horses have been able to do, winning, you know, first time out. <laughs> a derby four months after the Giddies, that sort of thing. It was ridiculous, some of the things that he did do. And lightly raced. He's only had eight starts for, for the full win. So, uh, exciting animal. And coming back home, we've read him and we're thrilled to have him back. The career was cut short due to the tendon injury. As you mentioned, the Group 1 Derby, Australian Guineas and the ATC Derby, and did a few of those in fashion as well. We've heard uh, Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace talk about the horse as well at length, and, and they thought this horse had a freakish engine. Yeah, I think, look, his old man was the same. Morris, uh, we've been speaking to uh, our Japanese partners up there. We've been friends for years with uh, Shadow Stallion Station, and uh, we've done a lot of business with them over the last 25 years. And uh, we had one of their men here uh, last year and said, Morris, what was distinctive about him? And they said, oh, we, you know, we have these e-trackers on them and we can tell their stride length and their, you know, their, their, uh, their recovery rates and all sorts of things. And, and Morris was apparently in the sort of top percentile as far as recovery and uh, a great engine, uh, great lungs, and so uh, he appears to have passed that on to uh, this fellow. And uh, it all goes well, really. If that, that can be passed on, <clears throat> it's going to give uh, sons and daughters of Itotsu a real chance uh, to be proper athletes. We, we have listeners from all ranges uh, on this show, John, and right around the country. But can you explain to people that Morris is full, means he's got his full book of mares, as you mentioned. But yeah. how, many, how many horses, are, um, or how many mares, should I say, is Morris looking to cover? And what should we expect? 150, her, yeah. 150 for Morris. How many are we expecting yeah. to get her tot? So you reckon he'll fill up? Well, we, we're thinking in the first year, somewhere between 120 and 150, that, that sort of number. You, you, you don't know just how fertile they're going to be to start with, uh, and they're, they're only learning the caper at that point. So uh, uh, between 120 and 140, that sort of number would be, would be more than adequate uh, for, for him. His father's full at 150, and uh, the differential in prices is significant. Morris is at 75 uh, plus GST, and... Uh, 
This fellow's a 20-plus GST. So, no, he gives an opportunity to come into that bloodline without having to outlay... Um, you know, a, a big fee. Yeah, I, I, I really do think the fee is is, um, is really open to most angles and most mares, most breeding operations as well. An interesting one. You don't get to ask people like you very often, but how do you go about setting a first season stallion fee? Now, we've seen some come out and people get shocked and, and they go, gee, that's a lot for, for a first season. But how the, the can you explain to the listeners and to a few people out there the process about going about how you've got to price a horse competitively, price him enough that he's going to get enough attention, but also get the still uh, a good enough quality book of mares? Um, can well, you explain you, to us you, a bit the process? Yeah, sure. Well, you said it yourself. What you're trying to do is to try and pitch the fee at a level which is competitive with the rest of the markets, with horses... Uh, you look at the first season horses and you say, well, what's everybody else done with their horses and what's the capacity of their horses? Are they Group 1 winners compared to ours? Are they multiple Group 1 winners? What sort of pedigrees have they got? How, what about their families? Will they attract attention? Well, in this case, we've got a very, very uh, attractive uh, father who's, uh, very, you know, who's very popular, Morris. And he, he's... Uh, we are limited to 150 mares by the owners of Morris in Japan. So uh, we can only take that number because he has to go home and serve a book of mares over there too. So we don't over, you know, overplay the game. So as a result, uh, there's more demand than that. We could probably serve 250 mares to Morris if we were allowed to or if he was capable of doing it. Yep. So so you, in your mind, you've got a certain number of noms to, to sell, to fill the horse, and you've got a, the competition, and you look at what other people are, are uh, how they've structured their fees, and you try and stay competitive. By the way, we're very big users of nominations ourselves because we have about 270 mares, and so we, we do send some of them out, and we, and we use a lot of nominations. So we ourselves would say, what would we be prepared to pay for a horse like that? What, where, at what level would he be a, a, a good deal, a bargain? And you go about working it out in that way, and in the end, just be, years of experience, you say to yourself, well, you know, 20000 that horse is a, is a good deal, is a very good deal um, in relation to his pedigree, his performance, and his, his competition. So... Um, you, you do it in that way, and uh, over a period of a week or two, you can pretty well pin it down to what what a reasonable fee is. Uh, you can be wrong, but some people overplay the game and, and charge too much, and of course then um, they have to give significant discounts to get the numbers that they want. But we feel at uh, 20,000, we're, we're easily going to get the 120, 130, 150 mares that, that we need to get this guy off the ground. You've mentioned that, that you use a lot of the noms and, and use the horses yourself, but Will Bourne, he bought a heap of mares at Magic Millions as well to send to Hitotsu, around seven to eight, I think, uh, from memory, and Kieran's yeah. staying involved with some of those as well. You're dead right, and that's part of the interest here is that uh, we're going to be sending him about 25 or 30 mares ourselves. Uh, so that's a start. Uh, the, the existing ownership, who, who still have uh, 80% ownership of the horse, they're going to be sending him mares, uh, we're told, um, and, uh, and uh, Will and, uh, and the boys, the whole team down there uh, at, that, at that training uh, facility are going, to, are going to want to be using him. And obviously, we'll be bullish about him with their clients. So we feel that just internally, without external bookings, just from the ownership and the trainer and ourselves, 
there'd be 60 or 70 mares just there. So at the end of the day, on a supply and you know demand supply basis, we're really only going to find about 60 or 70 outside mares in the whole of Australia. That shouldn't be difficult at 20,000 a pop, I don't I, think. I don't think so either. But uh, it's not just Hitotsu uh, that you've got to worry about. You've got a, a, a serious roster there. Snitzel, Dundee, the Autumn Sun, Castle Vecchio, Admire Mars and Showtime as well this season. I, I mean, geez, you, you must be pretty chuffed when you walk out and see some of those in the barn. Yeah, I'm thrilled with them, and especially the fact that some of them are, were bred by us and we stand there their own size and that sort of thing, or stood of their own size. You know, we stood Redoute's uh, side of Schnitzel. We, we've, you know, we've stood uh, Schnitzel's side of Showtime, uh, Dundee, the side of uh, Castelvecchio, et cetera. Um, so uh, we kind of like to stick with product that we know, and we've had a bit of success doing that. So uh, Castelvecchio fits into that mould pretty well. Love seeing your colours go around. Uh, and you had one not that long ago called Miracle of Love that nearly got it done in the JJ Atkins behind King Colorado. You must have been pretty chuffed with uh, with the Dundee oh. filly. Very thrilled. Really thrilled. I mean, I love that filly from uh, the day she was a foal. From the time she was a foal, she was gorgeous. And, of course, her mum's Miss Finland, who's our all-time favourite. Uh and uh, by Dundee, who we also stand and love. And so uh, she was born to be pretty good. <laughs> and she is pretty good, I think. And uh, to run the race she ran at a third start was really terrific. Uh, I mean, she she came off a Wednesday maiden at Doombin, for goodness sake, to, win, to run second in that group one. Um, she's not, you know, obviously too experienced yet. And uh, I think we've got a lot to look forward to with her into the spring and autumn next year. When you get a Group One placing like that with a, with a two year old filly that's that's out of Miss Finland by Dundee, I mean that's it's like winning the lottery, isn't it? Well, it's you start to dream. <laughs> you start to dream, and it's all about you know looking forward to the future, isn't it? Racing and uh, boy oh boy, we can just start to think about flight stakes, and, you know, oaks and those sort of races, and so. We're actually, uh, you know, uh, thrilled to have her on board and uh, with something to really look forward to into the future. So uh, she's going to have a spell in Queensland now for six weeks, uh, Newington Farm, and uh, try and get some of that warmer weather that they've got there at the moment and uh, then come back and get prepared for the uh, for the good races. But we're also thrilled, of course, that Paul, uh, my son Paul, trains us. So she's a real family affair. It is a family affair. It makes it easier going to the races when you've got a horse running like that. The, the, the glass of wine goes down a little bit smoother when you've got one running around in the big ones. <laughs> Absolutely. You said it. Oh, no, it was great fun. And uh, we were thrilled with the result, really, to, to run in, into that position after only two starts. You know, uh, it was crazy. Uh, no, she looks... She looks the goods, and uh, we might have a pretty special little filly there in the making. John, I don't get to talk to you very often. If not, this is the first time. But I, I want your thoughts just on the, on the breeding and, and, and sort of the sale industry at the moment too. It's been flying for some time. I mean, we saw a, a weanling at the Great Southern Sale only the other day make a record in 825000 I mean, the broodmare residual value has been flying. Some of these stallion fees are back to to where they used to be. I mean, the industry in itself from the breeding and, and sales perspective has been flying now for some time. It has been good, uh, but it's a bit of a two-stage uh, uh, two economy. Uh, the, the top end of the market's very strong, but the lower end, 
it's hard to make a quid at the lower end if you're commercially, if you're breeding commercially. Um, and you'll notice that uh, in the smaller sales and uh, at the bottom of the sales, um, it's been weakish. But I must say, the top end of the market has been amazing, as good as it's ever been. And of course, there's been some new forces come into the market. We've had international buying, but also uh, the power, the buying power of Yulong. You know, the Melbourne-based Yulong has been amazing, uh, and uh, that's pushed things along. It's hard to buy a quality mare today. Uh, it really is. Uh, the prices have gone through the roof. We've been unable. I mean, we bought, I think we bought one mare this year. We've been uh, just uh, blown out of the market every other time we've tried to buy a mare. So yes, it is very strong, and. That's, to some extent, that's been driven by the overall economy, which is tottering a little bit now, but has been very strong. And, uh, you know, and prize money, which has also been strong, but is also sort of topping off a little bit. So we've just got to be, we've got to be a little bit cautious at the moment, but it's been amazing. John, last one from me, and I really do appreciate your time this morning. Uh, that the, the prize money aspect, I mean, we've seen New South Wales, they're adding more onto the top. And these bigger races, we're just seeing now Victoria looking to um, to add a 10th race and maybe wind prize money back just a little bit. You've been heavily involved in administration and at board level on, on in racing boards and organisations right around the country. What are your thoughts on the current state of, of the wagering uh, and the prize money at the moment, especially between New South Wales and Victoria? Well, of course, I would, I would, I mean, I've got a, a more of a national view about the way things should be. Uh, I'd like to see more cooperation between the two, all the states of Australia, not just two states, because I think if we can synergise our programs, it'd be better for the sport itself. Uh, as for wagering, it's become very sophisticated now. We've got all the major wagering companies uh, sort of offering odds on our on our on our sport and on our races. Uh, it's it's in another phase. You know, it's in a very you know, a sophisticated phase at the moment from a wagering point of view. And it's, the, the wagering is delivering uh, revenue for the industry, which allows us to, to have the sort of prize money and the sort of innovations that we're having. But uh, I'd be a lot happier if we could do all of that in a much more um, sort of uh, cooperative manner than we are at the moment. Are we ever going to see the day where we can have uh, all the states work together and, and it's all for the greater good? Are we ever going to see I that? Hope and pray. Well, I hope and pray that happens. I really do. Uh, it worries me. I think about it every day. And uh, But uh, it, it, it will happen because it's the best way for the industry to flourish long-term, to have national unity. It's like every other sport around the world. There has to be some organisation and people have to cooperate. Uh, and we want horses and train... We want the best horses, the best trainers and the best jockeys to be at the, at the best races. But if those races are competing on the one day between states, it doesn't make that possible. And 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 so we've got to find a way through this. And it'll, it'll sort itself out, I, I feel sure, over time. John, appreciate your time this morning. I've, I know I've taken a little bit more than, than probably what I had, but, mate, uh, absolute privilege and pleasure to chat to you. Um, looking forward to seeing the progeny of Hitotsu come through and, I think you've stood him at a very, very reasonable price. I might even see if I can get a mare up there myself. Thanks very much. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. John Massara there. Absolute privilege to have a chat to him. Coming up on the best of breeding bloodstock and banter, I caught up with Emma Willoughby from Burnawang North after they sold a Frankel filly for 825000 
Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Rebel Dane. Statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. This is the best of breeding bloodstock and banter. Well, Emma Willoughby and the team at Burnawang North, they set a Southern Hemisphere record for a weanling, 825,000 at the Great Southern Sale. Who'd like to pleasure a start? At 300,000 now, they make 300,000 change. 500,000 on the right. 700,000. 700,000. Outstanding filling. At 800,000 with bread in front. I sell. Yes! 25. 825. At 825,000, she goes. Done. Well, welcome back to the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. As you can hear there at the great... Southern Sale, lot 64 by Frankel out of Edema, $825,000 filly from Burnawang North. And joining me on the line is Coast Stud Manager, Emma Willoughby. Uh, good morning to you, Emma. Congratulations. Good morning, Miles. Thank you so much. Look, we uh, we were extremely excited to um, to have had such a good sale and to have sold that beautiful Frankel filly. We, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, well above expectations, but she was a gorgeous filly and, and deservedly um, reached great heights. Great Southern Sale record, 825,000. For, for everyone right around the country right now, what did you have in mind before the filly went through the ring? What did you have uh, in mind? Did you have something in mind uh, before the horse went through? Surely. Look, we had a very realistic reserve, or what we thought was a very realistic reserve with her, and she achieved well above what we were what we were uh, uh, expecting. It um, it was just yeah, it was mind blowing. I've got goosebumps just 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 talking about it. We uh, yeah, we went in uh, thinking you know she'd be around the four to five hundred thousand dollar mark, um, maybe more. She had plenty of interest and uh, once they get to that level you just don't know but um, she uh, yeah did exceptionally well and there was a lot of a lot of hot competition on her and uh, yeah we we're just delighted the filly of course purchased by Mitchell Bloodstock we've had uh, James on the show before uh, from Mitchell Bloodstock as well this horse from an Aga Khan family and last season's European champion three-year-old Vidani features in her third dam yeah, of course, and, and look, we uh, we secured the mayor privately um, uh, from the Aga Khan uh, and uh, with with the help of Paul Moroni and Catherine Bruggerman, uh, and we sent her to obviously to Frankel, and it was just yes, yeah, such a wonderful result to to have purchased her over there, got her in foal, got her out here, got an exceptional first foal from the mayor, and uh, and obviously was very well sought after. Uh, let's talk about Burnawang North. It's owned and operated by Kathy Haynes. Yeah, Kathy Haynes. Um, she, it's it's a uh, it's a mixed farming operation. Obviously, the horses sort of take take centre stage, but uh, we're in northern Victoria. It's about two and a half thousand acres, and uh, we've got a a, a nice sized uh, group of mares. We run about 25, 25 brood mares, and we have um, uh, some commercial commercial crops and loose and hay and 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 fat lambs as well. So um, there's plenty going on here. Uh, tell me, so I've got this right, is it somewhere near Elmore? Is that where we're yes, sort of talking? It's, it's between Rochester and Elmore. Yeah, yeah. so sort of north, yeah, northern Victoria, we call it. Northern Victoria, yeah, just south of Echuca. Now, is this the first time that you've opted to sell all your weanlings at the Great Southern? I mean, it's a big call to send um, a, a filly of that pedigree to the Great Southern sale, and you've, you've got the result, but 
Right, I think you've, uh, I've got it down as you had 13 weanlings go to the Great Southern Sale. Is this the first time the farm's done that, put all the eggs into one sale basket? No, we've we've been selling all of our our entire crop as weanlings for about five years now, and it's just it's a it was a, a business decision that we made, and it's it's been a good one for us. It's worked well, um, and in the last couple of years, we've we've had you know two Group One winners off the farm, and uh, in Lombardo and on the bubbles, and it's uh, yeah, look, it's it's something that we've we've been doing for a few years now, offering our entire crop, and we we wanted to support. Um, you know, stay local, and uh, and the Great Southern Sale was a was a great option for us. And English did an exceptional job getting the right people there. And um, yeah, the horses were were extremely busy in the few days leading up to the sale. Emma, you're taking all my notes here. I wanted to touch on Lombardo and on the bubbles. Have you got any close relations on the on your way through? Look, we actually uh, we, we we purchased back um, the. Um, the more bubbles filly. She was a foal share with Yulong, and uh, we we she, we put her through that sale, and uh, we bought her back because she has such exceptional exceptional residual value. So we're we're very excited to have bought home a a written tycoon filly out of the mare, who's um, yeah a beautiful type, and uh, yeah we're terribly excited. Our old swinging babe, she she's retired. Um, uh, who's Lombardo's mum, but she she's out in the paddock uh, being a nanny with our with our uh, wheelies usually she's, she's quiet now but um, um, yeah it's uh, yeah it's, it's it's very exciting for us to, to have those two horses uh, come off the farm it wasn't just eight hundred and twenty five thousand dollar lot sixty four you had some other great results a four hundred thousand dollar Maurice filly a three hundred thousand and a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar written tycoon fillies and a two hundred and forty thousand dollar Kingman colt I mean you've you've <laughs> yeah. completely taken the cake the celebrations must have been huge. Uh, look, we 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 did have a cheeky little celebration while we were down in <laughs> Melbourne, but uh, we will we will certainly catch up with the whole team back at the farm uh, in the next week or so, just to uh, to take it all in. And uh, we were just beside ourselves, and and Kathy was just just uh, completely delighted and stoked, and and um, and uh, yeah, James Mitchell and and his client uh, Stephen Spatieri ended up with three of ours, which um, was fantastic. And uh, yeah, no, with the relation to the fortune teller, and there's a lot. There was a bit happening in, in a lot of those pedigrees. So it uh, and they were wonderful types. And um, I guess it uh, it showed they were well sought after. Any other horses? Always like asking people in the in the farm game, in the stud game. They always watch horses that are going around, or they wait for one to go around. Have you got one? that's been bred on the farm that's up and coming or going around at the moment that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, look, we've got a, a, a nice uh, uh, filly with Gay and Adrian uh, called Aditi. It's an exceeding Excel filly. Uh, she's a, a, a two-year-old, rising three-year-old. Um, I believe she's, she's she's back out in the paddock maybe at the moment, but uh, in the early early stages she was looking looking quite promising, so we'll certainly be keeping an eye on her. Uh, Emma, congratulations. $825,000. I've, I've attended a lot of sales in my time and I don't think I've ever seen a weanling um, down here get anywhere near that. So uh, a magnificent result, uh, hopefully onwards to better things for the farm, of course. And yeah, just outstanding. Um, just lovely to have you on. Congratulations again. Enjoy the celebrations. Don't say cheeky celebrations in Melbourne. I'm sure they were bigger than that. <laughs> no, look, thank you so much. We, we're, we're absolutely, um, yeah, we're blown away and uh, terribly excited and proud and proud of the whole team uh, and, uh, and of the product that we're able to, to take to the sale. So you should be too. We'll chat again soon, Emma. Thank you so much.
Emma Willoughby there from Burnawang North. She's the co-stud manager. And we do it all thanks to Rebel Dane Statistics. Don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing at Widden now, the Valley of Champions. And uh, Rebel Dane is the sire of champion two-year-old Philly Fireburn, winner of Group 1 Golden Slipper and the size produce. Standing at Widden, the value of champions. Well, we've still got more to come on the Country Racing Hour. Harry Coffey, Belinda O'Loughlin. We've got the Country Black Bookers with Mick Gannon and Benny Said, of course, still to come. And then bagger tips, midweek masterclass, Jack Dickens, Benny said, you name it. And then the Kiwi superstar, Widamu Pin, facing the breeze, Jack Trainer, Anthony Butt, Toby McKinnon coming in to help me there. And then we've got an early look, of course, Riley Morgan and Dean Watling having an early look at your Wednesday meetings. We're going to go to the news early. Has we ever done that here? No, no, never. No, let's just roll with never. We're going to go to the news a fraction early. On the other side of this, plenty more to come for the Betfrix 365 Country Racing Hour. Miles Fitzner with you. It's 8.27 on this Tuesday morning. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Emma Willoughby there, of course, ecstatic with the sale results from the great Southern Sale and their Frankel Weanling. Coming up on the other side of this, we'll wrap the whole sale with Inglis's Will Stott. Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Rebel Dane, statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. This is the best of breeding bloodstock and banter. I caught up with bloodstock manager Will Stott from Inglis as we recap the Great Southern Stale. Welcome back, 8.25 on your Wednesday morning. It's Wednesday, midweek racing day. We started away with some breeding. And all thanks to Rebel Dane, statistics don't lie, upgrade your mare, standing at Stud, the Valley of Champions. Well, we spoke about the Great Southern Sale and we spoke about the $825,000 Frankel filly yesterday um, when we spoke to the team from Burnawang North. But let's go straight to the team that sold it. That's Will Stott from Inglis. He joins us on the line. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Miles. How are you? Very well, thank you. Hey, uh, Will, outstanding. When you break the sale record, 825000 knocked down the Mitchell Bloodstock. They're astute purchases. Um the Mitchells, they know exactly what they're doing, but this lot, 64, she was a standout. That's right, Miles. She was a pretty special filly, and for her to get that result, you know, it was it was incredible. She's the highest-priced weanling filly ever sold in the Southern Hemisphere, so it was a pretty exceptional result. Um, and equally, it was backed up. There was five weanlings that made 300000 or more, which, you know, we've only ever sold one weanling for 300000 in Melbourne, and to make... To have five weanlings make that or more was pretty exceptional. Yeah, I'm seeing here on um, my notes, which are perfectly done here by Jacko, a lot of horses over 400,000. Um, and uh, the weanlings were flying. The most expensive colt sold was a $240,000 Kingman colt. But are we seeing a bit of a push now because the yearlings have got so expensive that, that people are now trying to go a little bit earlier? These weanlings are now becoming, rather than just a, a, a you know, pin-hooking prospect, um, a lot of the weanlings now, are, look, we'll just find them a year earlier and pay half the price? Yeah, well, uh, what's interesting, Miles, is of, of those five weanlings that made 300000 or more, four of them were actually bought by end users. So, you know, they'll be raced by their purchases rather than turned over as weanlings. Only one was bought by Silverdale, which will likely go back through a yearling sale. So it just shows, you know, the health of uh, and strength of the top of the market where, you know, breeders who supported the sale and brought quality stock, you know, they were found by 
people who are pre- prepared to pay yearling money for them. Uh, the sale grows just over $9.8 million with an average of 44.6, median of 16. Uh, the clearance rate, you're probably expecting the clearance rate to be a little stronger or when you've got it a sort of top end like that, is, is that okay that sort of around the 71%? Pretty happy with that? Well, I think um, considering, you know, overall that the market's cooled this year, we've seen, you know, a real appetite for quality horses at the top end and the middle and lower end of the market's been certainly tough all year. So I think considering the economic climate, you know, we're pretty happy to clear over 70% and growth nearly 10 million. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's just it just shows that the breeders who, who supported the sale and, and brought the quality stock were really well rewarded. And then, yeah, the lesser ones were obviously harder to sell, but we've seen that all year, um, you know, throughout every sale. John Massara just said that before and saying that the bottom end is, seems to be where it is a little bit tougher. I want to quickly chat about um, the former Cindy Alderson trained uh, written tycoon mare, Veron Scova, sold for 510000 in the broodmare section of the sale. Now, this is a horse that I think, what, Group 3 placed and won, what, two or 300000 Is that about right, Jacko? Something like that. Two or 300000 but makes five tenors of broodmare through the ring. I mean, that's enormous. That was that was incredible, you know, and I think that uh, that again shows the importance of having a good-looking horse at a live sale because the buyers just fall in love with it, you know. Like for her to make five hundred ten thousand, she's a stakes-placed mare by Britain Tycoon. I just think she was such an impressive-looking mare, um, you know. For her for her to make over half a million dollars was unbelievable, and and there was it, that was equally backed up by mares. You know, Ponderosa had two mares that sold. One was two hundred thousand. One was one hundred and sixty thousand. The, the strength of the broodmare market at the end of the sale was really, really strong as well. Will, what's coming up on the English calendar? What's the next uh, sale or event we've got to keep an eye out for? Uh, we've got a digital sale, fortnightly digital sales, and um, you know they're getting stronger and stronger, particularly um, leading up into the breeding season. Next week we've got uh, literary magnate and daisies. Uh, um, entered, so there'll be two really quality mares that I'm sure will appeal to a vast array of buyers. Um, and then, you know, we're looking forward to sort of rolling on later in the year into our ready-to-run sale. Um, we've had a number of vendors buy really quality yearlings throughout the year, and um, I'm sure that'll be another quality sale to look forward to. How's the office looking at the moment? Pretty bare this time of year, isn't it, after the sales? Oh, duck off, quick holidays. That's right, Miles. A few people away. Um, James Price, my manager, head, head off to um, Noosa today for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's a bit of a quiet downtime for us. Hey, we'll appreciate your time this morning, mate. Well done with the sale. Uh, you guys do an outstanding job and look forward to seeing you out there sometime soon. Thanks for having me on, Miles. Cheers. We'll stop there as a senior bloodstock consultant at Inglis after their uh, very successful Great Southern sale there with uh, Lot 64, the Frankel Philly making $825,000. Uh, we are going to jump to the news. On the other side, Jacko's going to jump in just with some little racing news update. And if you're a fan of Wittemoo Pin, you need to listen to this if you're going to follow a few today because things have happened. Things have happened overnight. We'll be back right after these news headlines. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We'll stop there from English. Coming up on the other side of this, we chat to Grant Williams. He's running a syndication business. Well, it's leasing. It's called Stable of Stars, and they had a Group 1 winner with King Colorado.
Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Rebel Dane. Statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. This is the best of breeding and bloodstock and banter. Miles Fitzner filling in, of course. I caught up with Grant Williams during the week. He's from Stable of Stars and they lease horses. The middleman between micro-ownership and syndication as they had a winner with King Colorado in the Group 1. Uh, one thing that uh, most of us love to do in the industry is get involved with horses. And, uh, well, a man that's making it easier to get involved and, uh, and, and own a horse and get involved in racing and feel the experience is my next guest. His name is Grant Williams from uh, Stable of Stars. He's a founder of Stable of Stars and he joins me. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Miles. Hey, uh, geez, don't you love it when you've got a racing business and you get people all involved and then you sneak into Queensland and you take out the JJ Atkins, the group one? Uh, it's just absolutely crazy, Miles. Still can't believe it's happened. 47 people involved in this horse who just have their, had their lives changed forever. It was having its third start off a Kembla maiden. Uh, <laughs> and you've gone and taken out. There was a little bit of mail going around for it. Look, the, the Kembla win was, was amazing, really. It was five deep early in the race, right, then raced three deep the whole way without cover, and he put them away really easily. Um, and I remember Louise Day getting off him after the race, and she was saying, I got to the lead too early, and it was like he turned around and said, where are they? What do I do now? He's just a big baby and doesn't even know what it's all about yet. Now, tell me, this is what we all want to know. Apparently, some of the owners, so I'm hearing, got as much as $91 odds. Is that correct? Um, not exactly, because most of my owners got between 100 to 1 and 150 to 1. <laughs> oh, he gee whiz. When, when we nominated him, he was 99th in the order of entry. Um, he was between 100 and 150 with the futures bookies. And my owners were saying to me, I'm going to throw $30 on or $50 on. And I'm saying, oh, he's 99th. He's, he may not even get into the race. And they just said, we don't care, we love him, we just want to follow him. Um, tell us about Stable of Stars. You spent a long time planning this before before launching it. And this is what you know my family tend to do a little bit of, and, and it's an easier way to get involved. But it's, it's rather than just going and buying them full-blown outright, you can have the opportunity to lease them. Yeah, I spent five years putting it together because I, didn't, I wanted to try and find something that fitted in between micro-ownership and syndication. And I was just an ordinary bloke, so I didn't have the money to go and spend money at the sales. And so I spoke to a lot of farms, a lot of people on farms, Connor Thielen at Kingstar, uh, Peter O'Brien at Sedge and Hose. So many people helped me understand the leasing side of things. So we actually are going out and leasing really top quality young horses, um, leasing them for three or four years, and then my owners are able to get involved. I, I then divide them up into 1% little parcels. My owners could get involved for usually about $100 up front to help me cover the initial costs, and then they pay between $60 and $80 a month. Yeah, so just explain to, to the listeners, and remember we've got, we've got them here from the people that have got 15 and 20 horses to people that have, got, you know, that have just bought a micro share before, but just explain some of the basics and the differences between sort of like buying and owning a horse and leasing a horse. Okay, so leasing a horse is just like renting a house. Um, so when the horse is sold or you give the horse back to the owner at the end of the three or four year period. So it's all about enjoying that racing experience and everything that goes with being involved in a horse. 
But what I've tried to do is minimise the financial risk. So this bloke, King Colorado, if he had been purchased by a syndicator, you would have had to buy 5% and you would have been up for probably $30,000 as an upfront fee, as opposed to my guys getting involved for 1% for $100. It means you don't own the horse and you've got to give him back, but the fun is there nevertheless, and that's what everybody's there for. Yes. The experience. So are some of the owners staying in these horses while you're leasing a vast percentage, or, or are some of these horses you're leasing 100% of the horse? We, we always lease 100% of the horse. Yep. So it's, it's ours totally for the whole three to four years. Um, and what I'm finding is everybody's having so much fun and so excited that they're now getting into multiple horses. And I get people who ring me and say, oh, you know, $80 a month, and I know that's not going to change for the next three years. I can afford two or three. And I normally just say to them, why don't you just take 1%, do it in a couple of horses, and you'll still have the same amount of fun as if you had, you know, 20% of a horse. Um, and what we do at the end of the, the lease period, any money that's left in the account, we just give it back to the owners as well. So if we've overestimated you know, what the bills might be, we'll just give the money back. We're not in it to make money on the leases because we've got a membership side of the business as well. So the best part of leasing the horses, uh, it's also twofold because if the horses, are, are, uh, uh, look, you've got the, the lesser financial aspect, but if also if they're not going all that great, you can sort of tip them out and just get another one, can't you? Really? That's exactly right. Or if they get injured, um, all my leases with the farms have got a 30-day get-out clause that, that we can say, you know, we don't want to continue. Um, so that's really good. The farms have been really good. The other really good advantage of the way we're doing it is that I've been offered 140 horses to lease in the last 12 months. 140? 140. <laughs> wow. We've, we've accepted 12. So we've got really high standards and really strict criteria about the horses that we lease. Some of the ones I've been offered have been horses that have been bought online for $10,000. Um, whereas, you know, we've got King Colorado. He was worth half a million when we got him. Got a beautiful hellbent filly with Maddie Smith at Warwick Farm. She's worth about five or 600000 You've got no idea the, the quality of the horses that I'm being offered. So it's really easy to you know, accept those ones. And that gives owners an even bigger chance of getting to the races, winning a race, and maybe getting some black types. And you can certainly do it a lot sooner, can't you? Because you can get in to lease a horse and you're not having to wait three years. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of different types of horses in our stable. We've got some that are sprinters that will be two-year-olds. We never thought King Colorado would be a two-year-old. We said to our owners at the start, he'll be a really nice three- and four-year-old. So let's just be patient. Um... And anything we do is a two-year-old's bonus. But that's a pretty nice bonus we've just had. Oh, I think you've identified a bit of a niche here, Grant, because it, some like the micro shares, obviously, they suit some people. And then going to the to the traditional syndicators and, and dropping the, some of the bigger bombs uh, at the other end, it's certainly the, the gap, should we say. I know that that's a, a, one of those sort of coin terms a fair bit, but there is a gap in the market there. Yeah, you, you're definitely right. Um, there is that gap. I had real problems at the start because I came in with nothing. I had no database, no one to talk to, no nothing. I was really lucky at first. I, I spoke with Dean Evans, who runs Winning Edge Investments, and, and he loved the concept. But he said to me, look, you know, you can go to my database for your first two horses and fill them with those, all of my members. So that was great. And one of the things I'm trying to do as well is involve local communities in these horses. So going out to a pub or a club or, and just saying to them, hey, how about we get all the owners from your patrons and then it can be your horse for the next three years. 
So that's that's something a bit different as well. Look, we could even have an SEN horse where we have all the owners that uh, listeners to SEN. Well, I'm sure the listeners will love that, especially the SEN track family. The text machine will light up here shortly, 0499736736. Tell us, how many have you got at the moment and how many states are you in? We started at three. I've now got 12. Um, I have one. I've got New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland at the moment, horses in the three states. I've just released four beautiful fillies with Lloyd Kennywell and Lucy Yeomans at uh, Cranbourne. They're four fillies that have come to us from Trilogy. Um, those guys really like the concept and they've offered to support us long term. But I've got, I've got two two-year-olds, two yearlings, Pride of Dubai yearling. That is a half-sister to the King. And the King coincidentally beat King Colorado with his first start. <laughs> I've got a Zoo Star filly that has got a AAA plus rating. I have um, a horse called Perfect 10 by Tavistock, who is a full sister to Asterisk, who won the New Zealand Derby. I have a beautiful Ocean Park filly who is a half-sister to Kukaracha, won the New Zealand Derby and won in, in a group race in Brisbane a few weeks ago. So that's my Victorian stable at the moment. And I've got three fillies coming over from Cambridge Stud um, that are going to John Sargent at Ranwick. They are all Oak Sillies, Castelvecchio, Piero and Dundeal. And I've got, in Queensland, I've got a lovely Merchant Navy filly with Jack Bruce. And I have a Dargento filly with Paul Shaler, who has just been granted stables in the new uh, Gold Coast complex. So I've got nine of those still available. They're, they're getting filled out really quickly. My phone hasn't stopped since KC1. <laughs> But, um, yeah. <laughs> hey, I love it when the horses get on the nickname basis. The old King Colorado, KC. Yeah, best mates. In KC. And look, there's lots of stories, Miles, involved in that. Half an hour ago, I opened my inbox and I had a personal email addressed to all of my owners from His Royal Highness Sheikh Mohammed, who is the owner of King Colorado. Now, he, does, he doesn't need the lease horses, doesn't need the money. But Peter O'Brien wanted to support me at the start, and so did Tim Stakemeyer, who is the Sheik's representative. And they said to him, look, this guy's got a great idea, great concept. We really want to support him. And King Colorado was, was born at Sedgenhoe. And so they said, would you allow us to lease, would you allow us to you know, get him to lease the horse? And he said, yeah, he loves racing. He loves watching him. So he watched the race on Saturday, and he sent a beautiful letter this morning addressed to all of my, my owners. Yeah, well, of course, Peter O'Brien does a brilliant job at Sedgenau, and you also beat a horse in that race too, which is um, one of the most well-bred horses in the country in Miracles of Love, the the the, uh, the filly that was out of Miss Finland by Dundeal, ran second. Yeah, she's going she's gonna to be a little champion. You know, she, she'll be a very, very nice horse as well. Um, but, yeah, we're planning some nice things for KC also. Grant, tell us how can we get involved? Um, I've, I've got the website up here in front of me, stableofstarsracing.com.au. Your website is is elite, how it's how it's laid out and explains itself. But tell us a few ways we can get involved. Um, you can jump on the website, put an inquiry in for one of the horses. You can send me a contact form from the website. I'm even happy if people want to ring me personally, if, if I can give them my phone number. Is that all right? Yeah, go for it. 0499. 150-599. I've got a team of six people who all work for nothing. Grant Williams there. Good to chat to him. Don't forget, Gareth Hall and Guy Molcaster will be back with a special edition 
of Breeding Bloodstock and Banter live from Ascot. So Gareth Hall, Guy Mulcaster with the best of Breeding Bloodstock and Banter next week from Ascot. We'll see you soon.